0: Welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Davis
1: and Benjamin Holden.
0: Today's episode we think is a super important podcast. Now we are recording this 10 days out of Christmas so it is very relevant to the festive period but it's also relevant all, all year round and that is why you don't always need to be in a calorie deficit. Now, halo oh, hey, monster. Here we go. You, ben actually has a different monster today. He has a light blue and of silver. because the shop. He didn't have you
1: the shit ones. He didn't have any of the decent ones which I do like.
0: I think they actually look way better than the dark blue.
1: Yeah, it might look monster, better but it doesn't though. taste better. It's not, it's not always about what you can see. It's what's inside that counts. Oh, hey, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, we have actually got back from Lanzarote last Friday. Yes. So like, five days ago, and we just set them back into life in the UK in Christmas, and just doing a bit of extra, extra eating ourselves, up in calories. So I thought this this podcast today was pretty relevant. We actually just managed to get out of Lanzarote in time, didn't we, before the new restrictions came into the UK and it was taken off the travel corridor? Off the
0: travel corridor, yeah, off the travel corridor, literally.
1: 14 hours remaining.
0: We had changed our flights to come home on Friday the 11th, And then this BBC news report popped up on the Thursday, the night before we were flying home, basically saying um, it's coming off the travel corridor. You have to quarantine for two weeks. I think it's 10 days now as of Saturday. And we got back on Friday. So in that sense, we were super, super lucky in terms of the day we were coming home. But we did have an incredible time when we were there in terms of working, our mental health. And for us as well, because we are content creators, we own an online business. It's important that we we are putting ourselves first because we're doing things for you, for you guys, if that makes sense as well. It's really important that you can be in the right headspace so we can give you the very, very best. And obviously we do have our app coming next year, the My Coach School app, which I've never, ever been so excited about. So obviously, it was great that we were out there. We hope you guys appreciated the content. You probably missed um, a few podcast episodes because we basically didn't bring one of the wires. So we couldn't do a joint podcast because we didn't have one of the wires to plug in. So we are back. We are here. Even if you're not listening to this in order... (laughs) we may have missed it. I yeah, think that was one of the main that things that
1: we didn't have the the mics for ages. So yeah, the podcast went amiss for a couple of weeks. We managed to get one last week with Nick, which is cool. But I think this one was really relevant this week. we just coming up to Christmas. And I know I put a story up on Instagram yesterday and probably most of the questions were to do with calorie restrictions, binge eating, feeling guilty about eating certain foods around the festive period because again, we always overindulge a little bit. So I think it was important that we address why you basically don't always need to be in a calorie deficit. Another thing just to note before we go on, just so I can get some sympathy. Last night I almost cried, didn't I? I
0: mean, he's got a poorly toe.
1: I've got an infected toe.
0: And his whole his whole foot is like twice the size of one foot. Yeah, well, like, oh, thank you. You can't walk, can you, realistically? I've not...
1: got a foot like a,
0: what would you an say? An elephant's yeah. foot. And, and then a flump. normal human foot on the other side. It's not it's not a great situation As, Like in. I
1: said, when I had meningitis, didn't cry. Broke my leg, didn't cry. Had appendicitis, didn't cry. Saw toe, wow.
0: Yeah, nearly. I'm a broken man. your eyes out, literally. Yeah. And also, just a side note before we jump into the subject of today's podcast is the next My Coach School Challenge will be launching in January. It is the biggest body transformation challenge of the year. Thousands and thousands of people jump on because it's the New Year Challenge. Obviously, we're not all about that New Year, New You. Don't like that slogan the challenge is incredible. It's there to better yourself wherever you are in your journey, whether it's a fat loss goal, whether it's a weight loss goal, whether it's building confidence, whether it's helping your mental health, building muscle. Our challenges are so broad in terms of what your goals are. We're so, so excited for the New Year Challenge. It's always my favorite. I get so excited. We'll talk a little
1: bit more about it at the end. And I will try to leave a link in the show notes to where you can find out more about that because I think this will potentially be the lad lad last podcast we do before Christmas and the last opportunity we'll really get to tell you about it until after Christmas. And we are doing a early bird sign-up, which is going to be 50% off the first month, which we've never done before, which is quite exciting. Yeah, is. And that will be taking place, I believe, between, I think it's the 26th and the 27th, no, tw- something like
0: that. Yeah. I actually don't know the specifics. I think it's the 27th,
1: 29th, actually. It's so you only get 48 hours to sign off mm-hmm. that early bed. So I'll leave the link in the show notes for you to find out more about that. And I will double check my notes to fill you in properly at the end.
0: So without further ado, I quickly wanted to touch on what actually is a calorie deficit. Now, you've probably seen this word f- around for a long period of time. And some of you might not actually have a clue what it means, but you think in your head like, oh, I should be doing or being in a calorie deficit, because everyone else is, and it's always on social media. Now, if you've ever tried to lose weight, or reduce your body fat percentage, it is more than likely you will have heard of the phrase calorie deficit. Now, calories are just the units of energy you get from food, and you also get from drink. And when you consume fewer calories than you're burning, that's how you achieve a calorie deficit. Now, if you provide your body With fewer calories, it needs to support your REE. So this is your resting energy expenditure. Your thermic effect of food. So basically the calories you burn whilst you're eating food. And then also your EAT, which is your exercise activity thermogenesis. Now, they're just three components of your calorie expenditure and how you put your body into a calorie deficit. So doing this consistently for, I'd say a medium to a long period of time, will result in weight loss or fat loss and this is just through the infamous or should I say famous calorie deficit I feel like it's pretty famous
1: yeah I feel like there's a lot of positive and also negative connotations that go along with the term and Obviously, today, I want to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of it, but I also want to look at the more the psychological aspects, especially around this part of the year, that often it has on people. We will touch on the, the physiological and biological benefits because I think there is a, a lot to be said. And uh, calorie deaths are great. Like they do a lot of things for um, not only compositional changes, but also people's health, physical health. So when we talk about the advantages, obviously the big one, when we talk about a calorie deficit, especially within the fitness industry, is going to be body recomposition. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to touch firstly on how you find out what this is. And obviously, being the micro school, we have a free calorie calculator that you can use at any time. What we do say is though, when you are looking at your calorie deficit and when you get the numbers back, because we often get this question of, oh, should it be on the extreme calorie deficit, which it is on the calorie calculator on the micro school because it's based off the um benedict benedict i was gonna say egg benedict then
0: not quite the benedict Benedict formula formula. what
1: i wouldn't (laughs) suggest is that you go in the deep end it's like if you can't swim don't fucking jump in the deep end first don't go the most aggressive calorie deficit to start with go with something which is more manageable if you haven't done something before the only time that i really really restrictive calorie deficit is necessary is maybe if you are doing diet breaks and intermittent a caloric deficit, i.e., you're going from doing a calorie deficit, and then into a maintenance period, then it is more sustainable. um And one thing that you want to work out is, sorry, how much weight you have to lose, and then how quickly you want to lose it. So, for a lot of people, you don't need to be that aggressive with the calorie deficit when you first work it out.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it is with a calorie deficit as well. Like Ben said, they are great when they are controlled, like. If you are in a calorie deficit for a correct period of time and you know what you're doing with it, you'll really, really see great results and you'll have a reduced body fat percentage, you'll lose weight, whatever whatever your means of that goal is. And if you are following a sound diet when in a deficit, you'll see decrease in both your visceral and subcutaneous fat, basically fat deposits. Now, along with reducing your body fat percentage... You'll also probably see some sort of weight loss. Um, it reduces obesity and any related diseases such as diabetes type 2, heart diseases, lung problems and things like that. And obviously what Ben said, it does allow for body recomposition because this is a question we do get a lot of the time. Is how, how can I uh, build muscle and lose fat at the same time? You do have to do this partially through a calorie deficit as well. So it's not always just, okay, let's lose tons of weight, X, Y, and Z. It really, really does help shape your body. However, you might be listening to this podcast and in your head, you're thinking, oh my God, I've been in a calorie deficit for so long and you feel trapped Mm -hmm. in it. We have definitely been there where you, I mean, this was probably for me like a good two or three years ago when I wasn't very educated And you start off by dieting, just, you know, wanting to reduce a bit of body fat. And then most of the time, what a lot of people tend to do is they reduce them far, far too low. So like Ben said, they go to the extremes and they have like 900 calories a day or a thousand calories a day because they don't have the correct nutritional guidance. And then you end up in a deficit wormhole. Yeah. Is what I like to call it. You're so far gone. It affects you psychologically. It's starting to really, really affect you negatively with the physical um, attributes, and then this is kind of obviously what we want to talk about as well today. Yeah,
1: and and obviously with that, there is other benefits to it apart from just body composition and calorie restricted diets are regarded very highly, especially like within the medical field as well. So for aging intervention methods, there's evidence that show that calorie restriction. Is a great way to induce. I think it's called auto, autophagy. Do I say that wrong all the time?
0: Autophagy. Autophagy. Something, it's yeah, one of the, like
1: it's responsible in, in in various metabolic tissues, and it often helps with. I think it kills cancer cells. Yeah,
0: it's like an anti-aging effect, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So of like it's, your life?
1: it's it's very highly thought upon in in the medical field, and then obviously it's we as we've seen. I think it was this year when it came to the combatter of type two diabetes, mm. just because of the inflation with obesity it's a it's a massive tool in reducing that as well and reducing t- type 2 diabetes which you saw i think it was from the, sh- the shake and sweep diet not that i massively agreed of it but when it comes to extreme measures in combating health and basically you're going to either do this or die then there's no alternative then obviously that is just is a is a means to basically keep you alive
0: yeah definitely and it's obviously one of those things with social media as well where like i feel like there's the rise of obviously and i've spoke about this in a post the body positivity movement where an anti-diet culture an anti-diet culture where they absolutely bash the calorie deficit or they bash dieting and i'm like you can't do that like you can't just bash something just because you're not doing it it, it doesn't really make sense do you to know the thing you that always can't It's like if someone went out for dinner, and we've used this before, if someone ordered a salad, and everyone else, like a chicken Caesar salad, you know, lovely, nutritious, and everyone else is getting burgers and pizzas, the person with the salad will feel like they're doing something so wrong, and more than likely, people will be like, oh, you're so boring, you're getting a salad. And it's like, no, it's just a choice.
1: Well, they they always throw around that stat that 95% of diets don't work. And it's not, it's fuck that. Up. It's not. No, that's not it's, true. it's 95% of unsupported diets or 95% of unrealistic diets don't work. If you are set a diet or a calorie or macro intake and you're supported by a good coach or you have the, good, uh, the right habits and a good relationship with food in place and a diet that isn't going to be destructive to that, then your diet will work. Like all the clients that we work with, end up with great success stories great relationships with food a body composition that the happy with, improve self-confidence improve energy improve strength like that is through the support that you get from a good diet not just jump on a diet which willy-nilly and like a Jeez, lot of people do of jump, in, <laughs> jump in the deep end of stuff that's when diets don't work and that's why people pull this Farcical figure out the water the 95% of diets don't work. That's bullshit. It's too general. And it's because that people aren't getting the right support with the diet. And not just that, post diet, what they're doing as well. People are putting like a 12 week diet and it's okay. Bye bye. Like, hey, bye-bye. like they, they're not built to then continue doing things on their own.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we also wanted to touch on, and this is a, a large portion of this podcast today, is the negative effects for essentially being in a calorie deficit for too long like we're not saying the calorie deficit is bad when you're in them for a really really long extended period of time and you're eating far far mm-hmm. too low calories this is kind of what we want to touch on especially like we are coming up to the festive period and things like that so just a few things that like I'll give a few points and then Ben will a lot of mine are quite directed yeah. towards women as well Joe
1: you know, just on that do you remember I remember still we did a talk to a I think it was like a business group in Liverpool and there's one we were like taking questions from people and there's one girl that said, yeah. Well, I wanna lean, but I can't be asked count my calories. That is like saying, Well
0: I wanna drive I, a car, but I can't be asked. But then.
1: no, I wanna be rich, but I don't want to look at my bank account.
0: Yeah. Yeah, literally.
1: It's just fucking lazy.
0: Yeah, no, it is.
1: Like I'm not saying that you need to be constantly checking your bank account in order to be rich, but there's gotta be some kind of level of responsibility and, account- and accountability. Yeah with that at some point if you want to make money exactly the same if you want to change your body composition composition, there's got to be some kind of accountability and knowing your numbers to some degree
0: yeah no definitely so just a few of the negative effects from being in an extended calorie deficit where your, your calories are far too low obviously you'll have low energy levels and really high fatigue levels so you're going to be tired a lot of the time and then a couple in particular that are obviously more focused at women are amenorrhea which is the loss of your period so this is something that i experienced when i had my eating disorder i completely lost my periods and i know a lot of young girls this happened to this happens to as well a lot of the time it is associated to like competing like bodybuilding competitions where your calories are too low or you've you've had an eating disorder and you lose your period. So obviously that is a negative effect. And then also restricting your calories too dramatically can neg- negatively affect fertility. Obviously this is especially true for women as the ability to ovulate depends on your hormone levels. So being in a calorie deficit for a really, really long period of time where you are eating too low of calories without having a break it does affect your hormone levels, and I don't think it's really something a lot of people think about too much. So a second a second point is like the fifth point. Um, <laughs> you lower your metabolism, so your metabolic rate over time is going to slow down, and regularly eating fewer calories than your body needs can cause your metabolism basically not to halt but it's going to be a lot slower than it was prior to having mm-hmm. more calories and then just the last one from me is a lot of the time people think you have to cut out major food groups when you are on a calorie deficit the one being carbohydrates which homes the sacred bread Bagels. when people cut out bread i'm Bagels. just like as a sad it's a sad time and bagels, yeah.
1: Bagels are way better than bread No, by
0: the way. hovis and sourdough are my absolute clintonite. New
1: York cinnamon and raisin but bagels.
0: This is why that's where social media comes in saying you've you've got to cut out carbohydrates because they're gonna make you fat. Fun fact fat, so like the um, macronutrients fat, like avocados, nuts, um, oil, eggs, have more calories than a piece of toast. So so you don't need was very to just you don't need to cut out a food group. <laughs> you just need to reduce your overall calorie intake of all of the food groups together. But they are kind of the main negative effects mm-hmm. that I wanted to jump on because I've experienced them all. I've not had the negative effects of fertility. But that is definitely something I wanted mm-hmm. to point out because I think that's so so important because Massively. it really really does affect your hormones. And I just take a look at yourself and just see kind of where you're at in terms of your your diet and your mm-hmm. deficit And if you are struggling, and also remember that you're not alone. It, like I think a lot of people can feel really trapped, and there's always someone to reach out to. Like me and Ben are the most open books in the world, as are, are all our My Coach School members. So if you're ever struggling, don't think that you're alone.
1: I think on the back of what you just talked about with um, your metabolism, I think that's a big question that a lot of people ask is like, does your metabolism crash? Is it difficult to to rebound from? Like, I don't lose weight because I've got a slow metabolism. Mm. And your, your metabolic rate won't change that much, but there is some things in, in regards to your metabolic rate that will change, i.e., the thermic effect of food. So that will, will slow, which affects your metabolic rate. Also, one of Um, The big thing is muscle loss. So when you're in a really extreme calorie deficit for a long period of time, you will usually lose a certain amount of muscle mass, and that will directly affect the amount of weight Sorry, or the, the amount of energy that you expend in a session. So, for example, if I'm quite heavy, then I will expend more calories than if I'm like 15 pounds lighter. And that's just because the body becomes more efficient at dealing with the calorie intake and the amount of energy output, how much you're moving. So... The, the, the one thing that's detrimental to weight loss basically is losing muscle because you're not going to expend as much in a session or when you're walking around as much so it's something that you want to try and cut out as much as possible because generally i don't know many people's goals or anyone who's come to me and gone do you know what ben i just want to lose muscle
0: yeah do you know what on that point as well it's also one of those things where if me and ben were both going to do a cardio session he would burn like a third more of the calories than I would in the same amount of time due to that body weight in yeah. that difference I think a lot of girls get a bit like stressed about this because they're like, oh my god i can't do it as quick that is completely normal. We naturally hold more body fat than guys because we are here to reproduce yeah. our bodies kind of naturally have more fat because we're ready to carry a baby at some point like that's what our anatomy is our hips our stomach fat so don't kind of beat yourself up if you're going to the gym with your partner and they burn triple the amount of calories you do. That is normal. You're smaller.
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's part of packaging parcel. Like, I could have done my cardio and I'd be like, bye. You'll have to stay longer. Like, yeah, that's I'll just unfortunately like due to be a, being a female. Blame your parents. That is the way that is. Yeah. But also, what's going to happen is you're going to also have low energy and your performance is generally going to be shit because your energy levels are affected. So, at some point down the line, being in a calorie deficit for a long period of time is going to start to affect that as well as when you touched on like with hormones and especially for females the, the reproductive side effects mm. of when you get even low body fat is going to have um side effects to your hormones that help you reproduce but also for guys it, it will also have an impact on impact an impact on testosterone levels to a certain degree at some point down the line when you've been a calorie deficit for a long long period. But the other hormones it's also going to affect, as we know, is the, the hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin, which are going to be massively impacted by not just your calorie deficit, but on another note, binge eating, it's something yeah. that can be can be massively affected. So that's just something to keep to keep a lookout for. that like if you've been in a calorie deficit pro, for a prolonged period of time or in a in an aggressive calorie deficit, if your appetite starts to massively change and you're getting really hungry or the certain points a day where you may start picking or binging because you are been in the calorie deficit a long period of time that may be a reason for that i your leptin and ghrelin your hunger hormones are starting to fluctuate and move just because of the prolonged period of time that you've been in the calorie deficit for and obviously that's going to affect your relationship with food and your habits of food and so on and this is where it can then start to affect sleep because your appetite's thrown off your energy's thrown off the time of eat- eatings is is now way not in the norm if that makes sense i'm not saying that you need to have timed meals but getting back to kind of like some normal routine from being a carrier for, for a long period of time because even as i have i've fasted and i've pushed the boundaries of fasting to a point where it was too long and my back, the back end of my day was heavily loaded with food, and sometimes that sets off negative relationships with food, and it almost becomes like a prolonged fast, just into a binge, which is is also what you don't want to do. And very lastly, one of the the um, negative side effects that I want to touch on is because it can affect like reproductive hormones and your testosterone. It can also affect your sex drive, which is something that <laughs> obviously that we don't want to happen. Like no one wants to be like so lean and like oh i've got great abs but i can't get it up or i look great on the beach but like unfortunately i can't hit the sack with you because <laughs> i've got a, got a performance in bed so like yeah you look great but you can't you can't get it up or you can't put a, a shift in like what's the point so that's think, one of the things know what
0: on that sorry just to what uh butt in it has like a deeper meaning as well because not only does it affect your sex drive it'll also affect your mood significantly affect your mood if you're having less food and like if you're in a relationship you also kind of have to think about what you're putting your partner through if that makes sense like not that you you can't diet and things like that but just be aware like if you're being like a genuine bitch stop stop like that's not that's not your partner's fault you you're eating less calories you're moodier don't take it out on other people like me and ben have definitely done that to each other i was a moody also remember
1: i was really dieting yeah down.
0: and we had to kind of had a word of each other and just say like look it's not fair like if you're doing that for yourself that's great but don't take it out mm-hmm. on the other person i think that's actually important just from like a relationship perspective that we can happily say
1: yeah that's like another knock on effect isn't it like of if- almost like a psychological impact. And this is what I really wanted to talk about when we were talking about this topic and why I think that for most people, they should be coming out of a calorie deficit. And we're going to talk about how to do that, especially in the build-up to Christmas that we're in now. Because I think a lot of people, when you've been in a calorie deficit for a long period of time, and I've been there myself before, it's that you're constantly worried about food mm. even when you go like maybe christmas shopping or when you go shopping or whether you do something at the weekend like i've had clients who've done it before i've done it myself before you're like oh what can i get like where should the calories out um worrying about where the next meal is going to come from will this fit into my um, current calorie restricted diet like you're just constantly thinking about food when you're going to have the next meal what the next meal is going to be and it's just you get anxious about it
0: yeah i think as well even more so due to covid because if you're in a tier three area like we are um you can't actually sit in a restaurant so you can't actually get a lot of the usual food that you'd have it's more so just like take out like sandwiches or paninis baguettes like wrap like do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's that kind of thing so we want to help people with that psychological barrier i know a lot of people have a barrier to bread um it's just helping you get past that Mm -hmm that barrier where you like Ben says you feel so physically anxious and we've we've both been in this period I was in it for so many years when I when I had um, bulimia and it is definitely something that needs to be spoken about more yeah I think for me one of the bit the biggest ones at the time was being scared to eat so being physically scared to eat something that was off plan because I, in my head, I was, I had really bad body dysmorphia, by the way. So, this is where you look in the mirror, in the mirror, in the mirror, <laughs> in the mirror, in the mirror, and you see something different. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not fat at all, you're in really good shape, and you look in the mirror and you just you think you're so out of shape. You do think you're overweight, you think you're obese, you, you grab all your skin, you, you pull it away from your body. It's really, really hard, and I don't think body is actually spoken about that much, and I know a lot of people have it because they've spoken to me about it before, and mm. it usually stems into an eating disorder coming from restricting your calories too far.
1: Yeah, I think if you've got tendencies anyway to look at yourself in a really um critical way or if you have certain eating habits which aren't great or binge eating know that kind of thing i think being in a, a calorie deficit or being in a calorie restricted diet can sometimes bring those bad habits out mm-hmm. so it's just something to be mindful of like if you're going to go into a diet and you know you have these tendencies just be mindful of it at first i mean I have to be mindful of it every time because I have really bad binge eating tendencies. And it, mine started to become relevant again when we'd been away in Lanzarote because I was in a calorie-restricted diet whilst we were away, obviously, because we were out in the sun, we were doing some content, and I just wanted to be in shape. Like I wanted to be lean. And I started to pick up these bad habits again whilst I was away, and I had certain episodes of binge eating again which had come back, which I'd managed to get a, a grasp on over the past year. But because I was in... A calorie deficit it almost made those thoughts come out again and it's something that i had to be wary of now since we've been back in the uk i've upped my calories to around maintenance again and it hasn't occurred once again since so i know for me personally because i have those bad habits that are underlying that if i get too restrictive in my diet then it brings those bad habits out and it's something that i had to be really careful of and something that i have to monitor and again it's it's a case of well how long should you be in a calorie deficit for and if, if you've got bad relationship with food or past binge eating tendencies like I have it's something to just be mindful of because I got to a point when we are in Lanzarote and I was thinking I was thinking about those food and I know then that it's it's building up to something that isn't healthy
0: yeah definitely I think what you're Saying there as well is it becomes obsessive.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
0: Not always in terms of just using My Fitness Pal and counting calories, because I'm not bashing My Fitness Pal. It is a great tool if you use it well. If you're using it where you've become obsessive and you have to know every single thing you're eating and you can't not use it, and you're worried about your next meal before you've even had your first one, that's where you kind of need to talk to yourself and say, "Look, something's not quite right." Mm -hmm. And also if you're in that period, you, you might have actually stopped seeing results. A lot of the time people start to try and reduce more and, um, reduce their calories even further and over exercise when they've hit some sort of weight plateau. But what you need to think about is why have you hit the plateau? Maybe you actually need to go to maintenance for two weeks. Maybe you need to come out of that deficit. Maybe you need to give your body a rest.
1: Yeah, I think when you're when you're consumed by food that you, you you and you get obsessive about it, you're setting these unrealistic barriers in your head. And this is for something around Christmas that I think you need to take away because those barriers become more of a, of a mental battle than a physical one, i.e., for some days when we've been back, like I've probably some days when we've been really busy hit calorie intake similar to what I would have been when we were, when we were away, when I was in a calorie deficit. And I've been nowhere near like, as hungry or thinking about it because I've given myself that extra calorie allowance over December and brought my calories back up to maintenance. I know I've got the extra calories there. It's like a buffer, so I don't think about food because mm. I'll just eat something. And I know it's it's not going to take me out over anything because I haven't set unrealistic barriers there. But even if I've got to the end of the day, I've been like, oh, my calories are a bit low today and, and kind of maybe what I, it was when I was in a calorie deficit by accident. I'm like, well, I've not even been bothered about it today. I've not had low energy. I've not been stressed about it. Stress, by the way, is a massive one that can help, that um, will impact your leptin and i.e. your hunger hormones, and the way that you store weight and lose weight. So sometimes by setting these unrealistic barriers, it then contributes to a downfall anyway and has a negative impact on it. So sometimes by just bringing your calories up, it helps not have an unrealistic barrier there for you to then slip up, which then can sometimes lead to binge eating and feelings of guilt and feeling like you're fucked up when you haven't, which has become this vicious cycle. So for some people, just taking those barriers away of a calorie deficit or increasing the barrier often helps you not overeat, not from a physical point because you're hungry, but just from a mental perspective.
0: Yeah, I think what it is as well with Christmas, it's just about being mindful in a way in terms of having the balance of, yes, enjoy yourself. Like seriously, enjoy yourself. And I think especially this year, covid hit hit hard didn't it like realistically so you you do need to take time to spend it with your loved ones and enjoy yourself and not feel too restricted and feel like you you can't have a bit of your chocolate orange or i have a pork pie christmas day breakfast and I, i look forward to it every single year and it's also getting that balance of if you are a healthy person if you are someone who is great with diets and is in a great place whilst in a diet at the moment and loving your training, loving going to the gym. You don't need to stop doing it. You just need to have leeway to allow Mm -hmm. yourself to also have some Christmas food and some festive treats and not feel guilty about it because know that yourself, you're in a really good place.
1: I think that's a hard thing though because as soon as it comes to Christmas, people feel the pressure of, I should have a mince pie, I should have chocolates. Like, you don't have to. Like, if you feel better by not doing it, I think a lot of people give into social pressure and then feel bad about it. We're not saying, don't, you can't diet, you shouldn't diet, you should be eating these foods. Like, don't if you don't want to. Like, there's no pressure to. And if people are pressuring you into doing that kind of thing, just the best thing that I've done before, I've been dieting around Christmas period or December or whatever, is just say, I'm doing a challenge. Like, I'm doing a Christmas challenge and I want to look good for Christmas. Like, you don't have to overindulge your stuff. The, the, the point that we're trying to get across is that I get a lot of messages from clients about like, oh, I had a couple of celebrations today or I had a mint pie today. Like, I feel bad about it. Don't, because that's to the point where we're probably developing bad relationships with food. It doesn't matter if you eat one mince pie and it's like you're kind of done with your day. The, the, it becomes bad when you've got to the end of the day and you've stuck to your diet and you're thinking, oh, I wish it fucking something or I'd then gone away yeah, in a, pa- a full pack of mince six mince pies and this is um, a stat that I've got here I was listening to um, I think her name's Amelia and um, she, she's on the IFS line, and she's got a really good page I'll, I'll try and find it on Instagram and we'll hopefully get on the podcast at some point but I heard they're talking on another podcast about the current diet culture and she was talking about that usually 35% of normal dieters become pathological dieters at some point down the line. So really, really um, restrictive and what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like indulging it too much and become obsessed with it. And then of that 35%, 20 to 25% of them, then pass over into an eating disorder. Mm. So the the, the diet is sometimes the thing, if you have bad habits to begin with, that highlights or put a magnifying glass over that It's something that you've got to be really careful of. And there's a huge difference between conscious eating and disorder consumption so just be mindful of this when you you are dieting, especially around this period of the year
0: yeah definitely i think as well this isn't related to food as such but it is related to a deficit is some people like me and ben train on Christmas Eve, we train. New Year's Eve, we don't train. Christmas Day, Ben goes for a run every year. Every day, every day, Don't run every day, God, you would have no knees
1: left. Every year, I I don't run that much for the year, but on Christmas, I just love going for a run. You know, like just thinking about the day.
0: That's my point. You love it.
1: Yeah, do you know know what part of it is though? I when I go for that run on Christmas morning, I feel like I think about all the things that I'm grateful for. Like I'm thinking that grateful, like I've got my family there. Uh, I'm in a stable position and I've got you in my life. I've got things that like, I'm just, gr- I have a lot of gratitude when I go that run, I think about all those things and they setting me up for the day and I feel really happy.
0: Yeah. So just my point there is if you see the gym as a chore, you should probably be on the my coach school cause then you won't. Hmm. But if you currently see the gym as the chore, those are the type of people who would say, Oh my God, can't believe you're training on Christmas day or Christmas Eve. You're so obsessed. They're not. They enjoy it. It makes them feel good. They have the endorphins fly in. They feel great. So if someone chooses to, to do that because they enjoy it, please don't bash them mm-hmm. just before you do that. It's already happened to me a few times because I've already explained like my training split through Christmas. Please don't do it to people. They're doing it probably because they enjoy it. If you don't enjoy exercise, don't bother. Do you know don't what I feel for it. some of those
1: people? Is that They feel... They feel almost guilt-tripped by seeing you and what you're doing. So they feel like, oh, I've got to do it. Like and that's why they no, get I aggressive for it. On so day. so it's almost like you holding the mirror up to them and, and like showing them what they're not doing and they then feel guilty, and then attack the thing that makes them feel that way. Yeah. So just do you and do what you and Drew doing. If you wanna have a week off at Christmas, fucking have a week off. Yeah. If you wanna train every day, train every day. As long as it's not because oh, I'm gonna train because I'm gonna I need to get it in because I'm gonna eat this many calories and, yeah. and combat it because that is almost a means of bulimia, i.e., non-paired bulimia, where you are using exercise to counterbalance the amount of calories that you're gonna eat for punishment. So just be careful like of the balance that you're getting with that. But if you want to train every day, lift heavy shit and enjoy the extra energy that you've got, then do it. And what I also want to move on to now is just what I believe this not this is not what you should be doing by the way. This is just some tips or techniques to use in the build to Christmas in regards to getting away from your calorie deficit, maybe enjoying some foods and how can you can feel mentally more at ease with yourself during the festive period and and even over January as well. So I think the first thing that often comes up is reverse dieting. And I've used reverse dieting before. Reverse dieting is basically a protocol that you can use in regards to slowly increasing calories so that you get to a point where you're Around the maintenance level, from being in a calorie deficit, it's nice and slow. I think sometimes it helps people from a mental perspective do it because they don't want to just jump back into maintenance calories. And it's sometimes good um, for your metabolic rate and just slowly drip feeding calories back in. I mean, I think at this point though we're at now, we're like a, a ten days away from Christmas. It's, it's probably not a ideal thing to do because it take too long to do. And for a lot of people who don't, who don't aren't like um, majorly into dieting and and maybe haven't been the calorie deficit for a long, a long period of time and aren't obsessed with numbers. Just going back to maintenance is easier because mm-hmm. trying to increase 100 calories per week is really hard. Like a if you've got a tablespoon of peanut butter or like a few blobs of mayonnaise can be 100 calories. It, it's sometimes difficult to measure for people. So reverse dieting versus going back to maintenance calories, especially this point in time, I just go back just on the maintenance calories for a lot of people, especially from like a psychological point of view and the physical, physiological point of view and this point and period in time that we're up to. A low reverse dieting is good, and I've used it with clients before. It's not for everyone, but it is a protocol if you want to have a look at it further, just jump on Google or YouTube and do some research into it.
0: I think with reverse dieting as well, I think if your training age is a bit older and you've been, you've been dieting or you've been exercising for longer reverse dieting is probably better for you because Mm -hmm. essentially you will be better at it it'll make more sense to you like I'm currently reverse dieting out of the deficit that I was in from Lanzarote because I can I can equate for those calories I kind of just know my head what I'm eating I'm not tracking I can I just know because if I'm educated in that area and I can just track that way um but
1: yeah I think the, just going back to like just on the maintenance calories if psychologically it doesn't work for you to be in maintenance calories like one thing that you've got to remember with when you're at maintenance calories you are not going to put on weight you are at maintenance calories like but the, the the other thing is you don't need to go into massive surplus either like this is the thing that I don't like about the bodybuilding culture and especially the old school one is it, it, they usually the people float between deficit and a bulk and there's no bridge between it's just oh you jump from either to the or and from a, both a physiological point of view and a psychological point of view I don't think it's healthy just to jump from one to the other. There's there's no bridge and there's no real I don't find that there's any real benefit. So don't just slam yourself into a surplus and just use it as a as a almost like a tool or a cushion to, to just eat as many calories as you need to, because usually it's just inflated talk. There's no real study to to say that, oh, being a massive surplus is gonna help you. And overfeeding is gonna help you. And I've talked about this study before on the podcast in regards to especially if you're wanting to muscle build that be, the difference between being at maintenance calories and then even in a 5-10% surplus, they found no significant increase in muscle mass. Now, that's not saying that there wasn't an increase, it's no significant increase, but what they did find is a significant increase in body fat. So even if you want to build muscle, just go to maintenance calories. That is one of the best things you can do. Just go to maintenance calories, enjoy it, have some extra food. You don't need to count every macro over Christmas. Just maybe hit a protein intake or get a couple of meals in for the day, which you've got a good lean protein source in and boost your calories up a little bit. It'll give you a psychological break more than anything.
0: Yeah. I think something that is great to do over Christmas as well is just eating intuitively. So eating things that make you feel good, mm-hmm. eating healthy foods, getting your fruit and veg in, getting your potatoes, your meat in, or if you're vegan, vegetarian, whatever the alternatives are and enjoying it. But then also having that ability for, your mince pies for Mm. a handful of quality streets because I think over the festive period that's a really really important thing to do and I've directed a lot of my clients to do that as well because I don't want them to be tracking essentially too much over christmas because for for a lot of them it's it's a psychological thing it's not it's not something they want to be doing they want to be able to have a mulled wine and not have to worry about the calories and they also want to be able to have their all their veggies on their plate and enjoy it so i think eating intuitively is a great Mm. great thing to do over a festive period yeah
1: 100 like let your body do its thing and just kind of eat foods that you feel like you're having, like having some balance, but don't overdo it. It's not an open invite to a fucking binge party, and that—that's the part of the difference is thinking about. Okay, well, there's a massive tub of celebrations there. I'm gonna demolish all the Maltesers and leave the shit ones, like the bounties. I actually like the bounties. I do, but they are
0: always left. I used to yeah. love. The truffles. Do you know what bounties and They were are? taken away. Do
1: you know what? Really? Yeah. In celebrations?
0: Yeah. The, the, the truffles were the, the, the shits. They were so the good. Like galaxy truffles? I think so, yeah.
1: Because I, I love the bounties that are in celebration. I don't like the the, the, um, the bounties in court history. It's like a bit of a hard oh, yeah, coconut in the block. Thing. Yeah, that's shit. Not, that's not a like medicine. if you look out on the tiers of chocolate.
0: That's at the bottom.
1: Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. But Bounty
0: the and Snickers are actually
1: alright. I actually love Quality Street. Though I think Quality Street's one of my favourite boxes.
0: It's
1: a hard choice. I I, I, I had an no argument about this with someone the other day, and then I looked on Google. I think on the polls for the UK, it was one of the most sought after boxes.
0: Really? I feel
1: like it's a little bit. I feel like it's almost a bit more of a mature choice. Quality Street. All
0: right. I said celebrations, but we'll yeah,
1: you. <laughs> anyway <laughs> sorry just to anyway. pick up on my point i think when you're eating foods as well don't feel like you have to just demolish all the shit like chocolates it's not Some, gonna
0: run out yeah no, <laughs>
1: but sometimes you feel this is what i always say to people when you're gonna eat something as well think about how that food makes you feel because that's one of the biggest things if you feel like a pile of shit after eating it you don't have to force yourself to have it because it's part of the the social norm of the festive period have a, a food that you enjoy or have a certain amount of food that you enjoy and then okay leave it and then go back to doing whatever
0: Yeah, 100%. Like on my Christmas dinner plate, I have four Yorkshire puddings because I enjoy them. And then in each Yorkshire pudding, I make my own separate Christmas dinner. Ben thought that was really weird, but I feel like there's definitely some people out there who also do the same thing. You fill your Yorkshire pudding with mashed potato, roast potatoes, vegetables, gravy, and turkey. Mm
1: -hmm. Just one of the other techniques, (laughs) by the way, that you can use over the Christmas period, and I've done this with a lot of my clients at the moment, is diet breaks. Mm -hmm. So... To explain diet breaks, there's always a lot of videos of diet breaks versus refeeds. A diet break is usually a two-week period in time where you bring your calories back up to maintenance. Um, it doesn't mean a diet break where you go, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to eat everything inside. A diet break is usually where, and it's been still showing this, so you'll do like two weeks in it and a calorie deficit, two weeks at diet break, two weeks at calorie deficit. You don't have to do that, you can, but you can take a two-week diet break, which is what I've done for a lot of clients. So between sort of now and the New Year period, I've set a lot of people a two-week diet break, and they've come back up to maintenance. This is going to have no effect to the, the the body weight usually, and it will have great impacts on just letting the body kind of get back to a, a normal rate with the hormones, the energy levels, the glycogen levels, the psychological break is really great. So a diet break for this moment of the year, I think is very, very ideal. And then what you can do after that in the new year period is go back into a two-week um, calorie deficit again. And there's been studies showing this, that people who do diet breaks versus just staying in a calorie deficit, say for a 12-week period of time, is that the fat, I think it was the fat loss is around the same or slightly higher because obviously you're in maintenance for, for half the period of time, for, so for six weeks. But you also restore more muscle tissue. Just play around, it works for you, but definitely take a diet break in this period and you can always go back into a two-week deficit afterwards if it makes you feel better, and then go back into your diet. There's going to be no negative side effects to your composition as long as you keep to those parameters. And I think the main thing is just don't be anxious about it. If you're in a two-week maintenance, you're not going to put weight on. That's the main thing to remember for for people who are worried about. It's usually just the psychological effects of eating different foods or eating more foods. And I think one of the ways that you can take advantage of that is just fucking train. Go in the gym, train harder than you usually would or harder than you did last time. Pick up some heavy weights, use that extra energy to feel good in the gym and just move more, get some Christmas walks in, get some more steps in and don't feel bad about it. This is something I had to, I don't know if I spoke to you about and I won't mention a name, I did with a, a client recently is she she was she's great by the way and she's got great great results this year. but we've now taken my fitness pal away from her completely because she felt controlled by it we've upped the calories a little bit just around maintenance and one of the benefits that she had is she said her sessions have been great she stayed the same weight her composition looks great her energy levels have been up and she's now burning more calories this is the thing that you've got to think about in regards to calorie deficit is that usually you will start to move less.
0: Yeah, that was, was going to be my point. Obviously, yeah. Sorry, if, you you're, talk if you're, So if you go up to maintenance for a two-week period during a diet break, your NEAT levels will increase. So when you're in a deficit, you tend to get fatigued, you feel a little bit lazy, very lethargic. Your NEAT levels will significantly drop, probably without you even noticing. So you'll burn fewer calories in the gym. Not that's really important, but you would you would burn fewer calories throughout the day, your thermic of food, and obviously your neat levels. If you go back up to maintenance, because you have so much more energy, you're moving more, you're lifting heavier weights, you're expending more energy, you're getting more steps in. They kind of balance each other out. So don't, like Ben said, be anxious about going back up to maintenance. You'll probably be overcome with benefits. Yeah, more than, yeah. 100%. More than you would have known.
1: One million percent, and that's the thing with, with neat levels is that now she's moving more, she's walking more, she's expending more. Like I'm going to probably have to <laughs> increase the calories again because she's putting herself more into a deficit because of the amount that she's moving. So it just uh, has a, as a positive knock on effect. And obviously we've taken away those psychological barriers. We've always used my fitness pal. Like she's well dieted. She knows what's in her foods. If I set a calorie intake, she roughly knows what she's hitting anyway. So we don't need to always use my fitness pal. And by sometimes removing that barrier it helps us not go over and feel guilty and, and anxious about it. So it's something that you've really got to think about, especially around the Christmas period of time, or even following that, like any point of the year is what your goal is. So do, do you need to step on stage and be at a certain body fat? For most people, and for most people probably listen to this podcast, the answer is going to be no. And the, the lower that you want to get with the body fat, the more you're going to have to sacrifice when it comes to your lifestyle and food and stuff. And what I'd always ask is, where do you need to be physically to be mentally happy? And once you get to that point, don't try and push the boundaries and barriers all the time. Be at that point and be happy and be happy in your body. Don't let happiness be based on your body fat because it then becomes a t- really tricky road of just wanting more and more and more and sacrificing more and more and more. And before you know it, you build unhealthy relationships with food, you've destroyed relationships in life, and you're just digging into a, a hole which is hard to get back out of.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think as well, it's always one of those things Like people always say to me and Ben, oh, what's your body fat percentage number? I haven't got a fucking clue. don't give a flying fudge. Honestly, like, I love fudge, you know. Fudge is great. I've got, sorry, I've got, I've got, sorry, got, I've got, so I've, I've, I've got homemade
1: fudge oh. in the back of my car, my auntie made, Every wow. Every time
0: we go to his car, we just, oh, it's
1: <laughs> so <beautiful." laughs> It's fucking great. But
0: genuinely, like, you don't need to know that number. It's just a really important point.
1: Yeah. So, what I just wanted to touch on and, and kind of wrap up with is, is is the new year period and following what you do after this point. And I think one thing that you really need to know at the start of the year is, is do some goal setting and realize that slow weight loss isn't a bad thing you get to keep more muscle it's more favorable for your hormones it's more it's more sustainable in the long run and and setting these goals early on and knowing like i said before how much weight you want to lose what period of time you want to do and will help you pick your calorie deficit when it comes to the new year and and what rate of weight loss that you kind of want to push towards and what do you plan to do with the weight loss i think is the big question yeah. Like, why why do you need to be at that point and how long do you want to be there for? Like, what is the rush? Why why do you need to lose it all so quickly? Like, we'll be doing a, an eight-week challenge at the start of the new year and to kick off on the 11th, the 11th of, January. of January. This is an eight-week period, by the way. This eight-week period doesn't mean, right, here the start and this is where you, you want to be by the end of the eight-week period. No, this eight weeks is to get people into new habits, new routines, diet but create sustainability it doesn't mean that you go from week one by week eight you're going to be at the point where oh I'm fucking fabulous like yeah. oh that's where I want to be it could take another eight weeks but this first eight weeks set you up to get there like what what is the rush and what is, what is the new body that you need and why let's take our time put in a strategy that will help you keep this for a long period of time because if you want to get there I'm guessing you want to stay there unless you're doing like a photo shoot and Need to get like a real low body fat. Why do you fucking need to try to try glutes to go out on a Saturday fucking night? Uh-huh. You do you don't? Do you? <laughs> Who the fuck's gonna no. see your glutes in a pair of jeans? You wanna you want a nice chunky bum if you're a female. You want a decent set of biceps if you're a guy. And get to a point where you're probably a bit lean and happy about it. Yeah,
0: one hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> that really tickled me. Actually, <laughs> it, no, it is. It's so true that you obviously ha- have to be happy within yourself, and also note that. You don't always need to be dieting. You don't need to be cutting. You don't need to be bulking. You don't need to have a thing to do. You need to be happy and enjoy exactly what you're doing, whatever that goal is and whatever you are doing. So we are so excited for that new year challenge. It's going to be the best challenge of the year. Yeah, well, and-
1: we, we always ask people to start, like, what are their goals? And we go through a lot of them. And it's important to know, it's an important question that we ask people because I think it's important to know before you start the journey where you want to be because then otherwise all you do is I feel like you dig deeper and deeper and deeper and you want more and more and more just like with money you become greedy and unhappy. Mm-hmm. So setting that goal at first and finding that ideal where you'll be happy with, and then how do we find a sustainable program that even when you get there, set you up after that to maintain that period of where you're happy.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And just as a side note the links for the challenges and everything like that are always in mine and Ben's Instagram bios and always on the My Coach School at My Coach School on Instagram as well. So make sure you pop over there and have a little look. Again, a massive, massive thank you to everybody who shares the podcast, who tags us on Facebook and on Instagram and we will catch you in our... (laughs) Don't sign off yet.
1: I'm just pulling up the dates now that the early bird will be kicking off because what i'll leave is that there's a there's a waiting list that we currently got for the new year challenge and that is to get the early bird discount so the early bird discount will be kicking off on the 27th and we'll finish at midnight on the 28th so it's only a 48 hour period if you want the discount code 50 percent off the first month for the challenge then you'll need to join the waiting list again i'll try i'll try and drop the link in the show notes yeah or and it'll be, in the it'll, it'll be in bios of Lucy's instagram it'll be on our stories quite a lot on swipe ups it'll be if you're um, joined our email list it'll be on there and then after that period the early bed will be finished and the, the january start challenge we start on the 11th of january 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 and we'll run for eight weeks until the 7th of march and then post then be the micro school app So If you finish that challenge, you'll be just in time for our app release, which is going to be fucking sick. It's going to be the best app in the UK, the best app you've ever seen. I'm just so fucking hyped for it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be incredible. So yeah, make sure you just remember those dates, drop us a message on Instagram if you're unsure or anything like that or need the waiting list link. Again, thanks so much for sharing the podcast and always being supportive. If you could leave us a tiny little review, we'd appreciate that more than you know. It'll only take two seconds and... We just appreciate you guys a lot and we want to share that with you.
1: And most of all, enjoy your fucking Christmas.
0: And a Happy New Year. Eat some decent
1: decent foods. Pigs
0: and blankets.
1: Fuck the bounties in Quality Street.
0: And have chocolate orange.
1: By the way, I'm so annoyed at how many people have said white chocolate, terry chocolate orange is not a good thing. I know.
0: I don't know why people are like that. White white
1: chocolate and orange. It's fucking epic. I'm not having that.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) but thanks for listening anyway guys hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and um, we're not 100% sure when the next one will be because we're going to have a bit of time off for Christmas and chill ourselves but we will be sure to catch you in the new year
0: bye guys
1: take care